Good morning. It's so good to see you and welcome you to Providence Church. My name is Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors here and it is a wonderful thing uh, that we get to experience moments of the holy together where God's presence is with us. So uh, it's a gift that you have shared your presence here. I know we have folks that are here with us for the first time. A special welcome. Uh, we're glad, so, so glad that, that you are here. We've had a verse that we have claimed uh, here at Providence. We do it every year. We have a verse that we sort of carries us, carries us through the year. And for 2023, it's one from Ephesians chapter five that says, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And so I invite you this morning through the power of the Holy Spirit, an invitation that God is giving us to wake up to let some cobwebs be brushed away from our hearts and allow God to speak to us spiritually. Uh, in the Bible, it says God has the ability to speak to us spirit unto spirit, deep unto deep. So it's nothing that we can craft or create or manipulate, uh, but an openness to that and an invitation to the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have a faithful God who desires to meet with us. So it's with that expectation that we go to the word of God this morning. I'll be reading to you from the book of Jeremiah, which is in the Old Testament. There are prophets that are listed there. Prophets are people who hear from God and speak to the people. And then they hear from the people and they speak to God. This is Jeremiah chapter 18, verse one. It says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. And so it sounds real easy, right? The word has come to Jeremiah. It sounds like a gentle kind of uh, bringing there. But I want you to pay note to the word that we see in English in Jeremiah 18.1, the word came. This is the word that came. The Hebrew word that Jeremiah would have spoken and would have written in is, uh, it's not that important that you remember what, what it sounds like. It sounds something like this, hayah. And any time that the word hayah is used in the Hebrew scriptures, at least, except for the moments where it's coming to a prophet, it has a different translation. The word hayah means like to come into being or to come into existence or really something is happening. And so if you see this word, if we were to read Hebrew through the Bible and we saw this word anywhere else, it would say happened or happened. And so it's more likely that Jeremiah, this is sort of a tidied up English version for us. It's more likely that Jeremiah was saying, this is the word that happened to me that came from the Lord. And sort of like I was just telling you with that Ephesians verse, there's the ability in the spirit for God's word to encounter us in a way that's much more like a happening than just something that we're hearing with our ears. So this is what the word that came to Jeremiah said. God said to him, go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So it sounds like a metaphor or an image. It wasn't for Jeremiah. He was telling him, you know, you know where the potter lives, right? Go down to his house and it's there that you're gonna get the message that I want you to receive. So what do you think Jeremiah did? He went down to the potter's house. And he says he saw the potter working at the wheel. I want you to try to picture it. Some of you have probably been to a, you know, a crafts place or a pottery place where there's somebody who's, you know, has the, the clay on the wheel or you've seen the movie Ghost or whatever. You know, you have some, some understanding of, you know, clay being formed on a potter's wheel. And it says, I went down to the potter's house. I saw him working at the wheel. And then verse four says, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter who's spinning this clay, making this pot, now suddenly the clay is messed up. 
It's marred, it's misshapen, it's falling off of the wheel. So what will the potter do with the broken pot? It says, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. I never thought that I would talk about pot in a sermon, but I'm saying that word over and over. The potter did not give up on the pot, the broken pot, the, the, the misshapen pot. What did he do? He made it into another pot. So the same clay that was falling apart, he's now given a new purpose in the shaping of it. This is very important, this last part. The shaping of the new pot, the old pot that he's shaping into something else, He's shaping it as seemed best to him. So the potter doesn't give up on the clay, but he makes it into something for his intention. And then it says, the word of the Lord came to me. Jeremiah says, then the word of the Lord came to me. So Hebrew scholars, what's actually being said here? Then the word of the Lord happened to me. So all these things in the potter's house, they've been real. He's seen them with his eyes, heard them with his ears. But now something is happening in the spiritual realm. Now the word of God is working on Jeremiah. It's teaching him something. It's happening to him. It's shaping him some way. The, the spirit is not always a gentle teacher. The spirit is not always just whispering in the ear. Sometimes it is an encounter like a happening. And this is what God says when the word comes to Jeremiah. He sees all the things that the potter's doing. He says, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. You see what he's saying here? He's saying, if you were the clay, Israel, nation, my people, if you were the clay and you were falling off and you were misshapen and you were marred, do I not have the right as the potter to put you back on the wheel and make you into a new pot for the purpose that I want to do? God says, can I not do that with you? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. He's given in this picture and he's saying, just like this, like the clay, that's who you are in my hand. It's a pretty clear vision and the vision is this. God is the potter and we are the clay. God goes on to say this. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, he says, if at any time they do that, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. You see what God is saying? If I desire to do with a nation what I desire to do, I get to do it because I'm the potter. He goes on to say, and if it does evil in my sight, if the nation does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. You guys get the picture? God is the potter, we are the clay. It reminds me of an old song. I wanna read some of the words to you from it. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter and I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, master today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now. As in thy presence, humbly I bow. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Hold over my being absolute sway, filled with thy spirit till all can see Christ only always living in me. I think that that may be the most important prayer that you can pray as a believer. Actually, I think that it is. 
I think the most important prayer that you can pray as a believer is have thine own way, have thine own way. It, it is to say, you're the potter and I'm the clay. Uh, it is to say, not what I want, God, but what you want. So I, I won't say it's the most important prayer of your life. I think it's the most important prayer of a believer. I think probably, I think the most important prayer is the one like the kids prayed on Wednesday night who came and said and made a prayer to say yes to Jesus. So um, uh, Lexi, our, our children's minister, gave one of the most clear, beautiful presentations of the gospel to a raucous crowd of children. And they were listening. And she said, she gave them instructions. She said, if you would like to pray that prayer, then after Vacation Bible School is over tonight and your parents come and get you, come and Pastor Mark or Jacob will be out at the picnic tables out front. And I just thought, Lexi, no way they're gonna make it from there to there, you know, with all that was going on. And Mark and I were sitting out there. It was a beautiful summer night. It's one of the most sweetest moments of my ministry to see these kids who had went and got their mama's hand and walked to those picnic tables. Children with daddies, right? Walking with their dad. I gotta go pray the prayer. My first two were two brothers and they came and sat down and the older brother said, we've come to pray the prayer. <laughs> the most important prayer they'd ever pray in their whole lives. But after that, I think the most important prayer you can pray is, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. So a few things about this prayer. As I've said, it might be the most important thing you ever pray as a believer. I intend to spend the next few minutes convincing you of that, okay? The second thing is, it's easy to go a long time without praying it. So my guess is some of you prayed a prayer at Vacation Bible School or some time in your life. And I just wanna tell you, from my own experience, you can go years, even decades, without praying the other prayer, which is, have thine own way, Lord. You really can, you can become a believer, and you can go years and years and years and never come to a place of saying, I want what you want, God, for my life, for what I'm gonna do. I'm handing this over to you. I recognize you as God. I recognize you as the one who is in charge, that you can be a believer and go a long time without ever saying, have thine own way, Lord. And then the third thing is, you have to pray it over and over and over again. So the song, Have Thine Own Way, I told you it was an old song. It was written in 1902, and it was written by a young woman who heard the prayer of an old woman. I'll say that again. It was written by a young woman who heard the prayer of an old woman. Uh, the young woman's name, we know her name is Adelaide Pollard. The old woman, we don't know who she is. But she is a woman who knelt down next to Adelaide at church and Adelaide was praying, but she heard the words of the, of the older lady praying, and she went home and wrote down what the lady was praying. These were her words. She said, it really doesn't matter what you do with us, Lord. Just have your way with our lives. A simple prayer. Prayed many times, I'm sure. But Adelaide didn't just hear it that night with her ears. It happened to her. When she heard the prayer of the old woman, something happened in her heart. She heard God working in her, shaping her, moving her. And we know from Adelaide's story in her journals that at this particular time in her life, she had come to a place where she was having what she uh, described as distress of the soul. She was not in a good place, amen? She was not feeling it. 
She was struggling with life, but more than that, she was struggling with God's plan for her life. Because Adelaide would share that she actually had a good plan for her life of what she wanted to do and where she wanted to go, and she couldn't figure out how to make it happen. More than that, it was like a, it was a God-honoring plan. She had a plan for her hope, her dream. She was a 30-ish year old woman in the year 1900. And her, her biggest dream was that one day she could go to Africa and share the gospel as a missionary. What a beautiful dream, right? And her whole adult life, all the things that she needed to happen for that to happen wouldn't happen. She couldn't get the money raised. She couldn't get the time right. She wanted to be a missionary, and she couldn't make it happen. She became a teacher. She worked here or there in Chicago. She, she never made it happen. And yet she came to this place where she heard that prayer and it began to work on her. Now, my guess is there's maybe only one or two people in here who will end up being missionaries in Africa. I hope so, I pray so, but for the most part, probably not. But I'm sure that there are many here and listening right now online who would say, I know what it feels like to feel like my soul and my heart are messed up because my life is not going the way that I wanted it to go. I had a plan for my marriage, and now this. I had a plan for my business. I had a, I had a hope. I, I, real, I, had a, I had an intention for my children, and it's not going that way. That leads to a distress of the soul. And in those moments, the most important thing you can remember is God is the potter, and we are the clay could be the most important prayer you ever pray, you know, to say, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. You may, you, you kind of have to do it like the song. It's sort of a, you have to say it twice. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Right? You release yourself to that. Did you know that God is more concerned with your being than your doing? We're always focused on what we need to do, right? The plan, the way we're supposed to live our lives. But God is actually more concerned with your being than your doing. Who you are in him, not just what you do for him. And there will be times that what God is doing does not make sense to you. And the reason is, is because he's the potter and we are the clay. And so we'll feel distress. We may shake our fist at the sky when certain things happen, but the moment things change is when we pray the prayer. For me, this church uh, started in many ways for me uh, through a similar prayer. I felt like God was asking me, I was 26 years old, I felt like God was asking me, Jacob, will you go wherever I want you to go? And I, God was asking, I felt God asking me that in my spirit over and over. And I would say, God, I will go wherever you want me to go as long as it's exactly this plan that I have laid out before you and that I've been working on for the last decade. Will you go wherever I want you to go? I felt God asking. And there was this one night, I hadn't told Rachel that God was asking me that prayer because I thought it might mess up our plans. And we were in Atlanta. We'd taken a group of college students to an event there. She came back to the hotel room one night and she said, all day long, I feel like God has been asking us, me a question. And I said, what is it? Because <laughs> I knew. She said, I feel like God is asking us, will we go wherever he wants us to go? And we, we just began to cry, 26 years old. And we got down on our knees in the Holiday Inn Express, downtown Atlanta. And we cried because we hadn't prayed that prayer in a long time. 
You know, a pastor should have prayed that prayer a hundred times up to that point, and maybe we had, but it had been a long time till we'd actually said, okay, God, we'll go wherever you want us to go. And when we told God we would go wherever he wanted us to go, when we let go of our plan, we thought all kinds of things. Like Adelaide, we thought maybe we're going to be missionaries. And that wasn't it. And it wasn't until God had shaken every part of our desire to be the potter out of us. For the moment, at least. It comes back quickly. And then when God had shaken every part of us wanting to be the potter out, we, were finding, we finally heard him say, okay, go start a church in Mount Juliet. Because God was way more concerned with our fully submitted hearts than with the exact details of how we would serve him. And that really burns me up because I want my identity and my value uh, to be in what I could achieve and what I could do and what could happen. And God's saying, I'm not so much in love with what you do, I'm in love with you. That's what he says to the church, I love you church. You pretty much mess everything else up. But God loves us. Not what we do. And that may mess with you a little bit, I don't know. But it's what God was trying to teach the great prophet Jeremiah so that he would then instruct the nation. He said, first off, you have to get that I am God. Jeremiah, you have, to, you have to get that I am God. And so he said, here's something to see. Go down to the potter's house. And he's gonna have, a, he's gonna have this pot on a wheel and the pot is gonna be marred and misshapen and broken. And what doesn't happen in any potter's studio is the clay saying, now let me tell you what you can do with me. There's no instance recorded of clay getting its broken self back on the wheel and shaping itself into something beautiful. There's the moment the potter puts the clay back on the wheel and forms it to his intended purpose. It messes with us a bit because we're taught in a myriad of ways, you know, you go live your best life. We're taught, you do what makes you happy. We're taught to pursue your dreams even, which is a great thing. But these statements, hear me, are not the turning point in a believer's life. The true moment of life for the believer is when they say, I'll do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> It's actually when they say, I'll lay my whole dream down for whatever you want, God. It's crazy. It's when, it's when the believer says, I actually won't seek happiness. I'll seek God. Crazy. And, and so this I'll do whatever you want me to do, I'll lay it down. We would think, why would anyone say that? Why would you give up your dream? Why would you give up your search for happiness? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because God is the potter and you're the clay. <laughs> David sang it this way in the Psalms. He said, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. He does not say go after the desire. I think this is important. I don't want you to go after a lie, okay? So he doesn't say go after every desire of your heart and I'll be delighted in you. He says, delight yourself in me and then I'll give you the desire of your heart. So it's not, Jeremiah's not setting us up so that we don't get to achieve our dreams and have fulfilling lives in no way. God is just saying, first of all, you have to understand that I am the one who's setting up the plan for you to be saved, redeemed, and be satisfied. So what that feels like is the word happening to us. So we can no longer be people who ignore God's word because we have some plans to fulfill. 
We let it happen to us. Sometimes, sometimes we can't just hear it, guys. That's what I want you to know today. Sometimes you have to let it come into you and, and do a transforming work in you. And we delight ourselves in God and he gives us the desires of our heart. And so we pray the prayer over and over and over. That's what I want you to do today. Think about where do you need to pray the prayer? Have thine own way, Lord. Is it for your kids? That one's hard. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Is it for your health? That's something I faced the last couple of years. It's a real hard prayer to pray about your health, you know? Because I, I, I know the exact intentions I hope for my health. But what if I bring my, whole, my actual physical life before God and say, have thine own way, Lord. Have your way. I was made by you. I was made for you. And if I'm broken right now, the only way I'm going to be restored is by letting you do the work. Maybe it's with your, uh, uh, your finances. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. The plans you have for your life, have thine own way. Have thine own way. This summer, we're letting music teach us. And Paul said this in Colossians 3. He said, the word of Christ must live in you richly. Teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your heart. So we're letting these songs teach us. And so we're going to sing the song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. And I want it to be for you a prayer, if you, if you choose, where you know I'm laying this down, God. Have your way. So I think we can sing it best if we stand, if you're able. And let the song and the spirit teach you, okay? Let it be a moment of worship. Have thine own way.